In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, today we're going to continue our study of the uh, Ten Commandments. Uh, does anyone remember what the first three commandments are? What was the first commandment? The number one. Huh? There's only one God. Worship no other gods before me. Okay, and then the second one? Should not make idols, right? Do not make any like carved image to worship. Okay, and then the third? Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. I see you're uh, looking down at something. <laughs> very good. Okay, very good. And which two books of the Bible list the Ten Commandments? Exodus and? And? Not Leviticus. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. And you know how you can remember? Because Deuteronomy, Deutero means second, and Nom means law. So it's the second giving of the law. So you Deuteronomy is the second time God gives the law. So first in Exodus, and then again in Deuteronomy. Okay? So the fourth commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So this seventh day, of course, um, in the in the Old Testament, the day of the Sabbath was the day of Saturday. But in the early church, the church changed the Sabbath day, the Christian Sabbath, to be Sunday, the day of the Lord, to match with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who accomplished salvation for us. So that's why in the New Testament we celebrate Sunday as the Sabbath day, as opposed to Saturday, um, as they did in the Old Testament. Okay? And this uh, commandment, right, again, as we said before, there are many commandments that God gave in the Ten Commandments that were things that were already known, like things that were already being practiced and known, but he took them and he codified them, put them in the tablets to make them clear and official and written, okay? Um, and, and as is mentioned here in the verse that we read, the or what was the original Sabbath? What was the very first Sabbath? It was mentioned that we read it. You see? Huh? What was the first Sabbath? The which day? The Saturday before, before the seventh day of the creation. Right? So God himself modeled his own creation on this principle that there were six days of work six days of creation and then on the seventh day he rested and then he's saying do likewise right you have six days of work and then you have the seventh day of rest um, it says in genesis chapter 2 when then god blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which god had created and made now 
Um, it is not said about any day that God blessed it except this Sabbath day. The word blessed, right? When he says here, um, uh, when God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, this is the only day of the seven days in the creation where God said that he blessed um, the day. The only day that God blessed and consecrated was the day of rest to show us that labor, even though useful and productive, cannot be blessed as one calm day which man spends with God. And so we see here the, the example, as we read in the New Testament, of Mary and Martha. Okay, who are Mary and Martha? The sisters of Lazarus. And they were the friends of the Lord. Okay, and so one day... The Lord came to visit them in their house, okay? And we read about how Mary um, was very happy that the Lord was with them. And so she sat at his feet, listening to him and learning from him. Whereas Martha also was very happy that the Lord was with them, but she spent the entire time preparing things, preparing the meal, being in the kitchen, doing work, okay? And Mary, or sorry, Martha, being frustrated that Mary was not helping her with the work, right? She went to the Lord and complained. He said, tell her to come and help me with the work. And the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, but Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her, okay? How can we understand this principle, right, in our life? Martha represents the work, right? She represents those six days of work. And Mary represents the day of rest where we spend it with the Lord, and both things are necessary because obviously without the Marthas, right, nothing would be accomplished. There would be no work done. There would be no productivity. The house would be in disarray and a mess, right? But without the Marys, right, we're not appreciating that the Lord himself is with us. And when the Lord is with us, there are things more important than work to be done, right? There is something greater than the work. We sometimes get very fixated on the work that has to be done. And this is true even in the church. Like someone who is like serves in Sunday school, maybe when they come to church, their focus is, oh, I have to give a lesson. I have to pre prepare the classroom. I have to make sure the kids are here. I have to do this and this and this, right? Many responsibilities, right, that have to be done. And forgetting that the real reason we are coming to the church, right, is to spend the time with the Lord, okay? So the Lord never criticized either of these, but said there is a time for each, right? There's a time for each. So there is a, a good amount of time for work. It's actually six days. It's the majority of the week that, that he said as for work. But then the day of rest is a day where we are not working, right? Not working doesn't mean that we just stay home and, and, and rest. Like the word rest, right? We shouldn't misunderstand what it means to rest. This is not the physical rest. This is the spiritual rest, right? This is the spiritual rest. The spiritual rest is the time that we spend with, with God. This is the spiritual rest. So Sunday is not the day to sleep in because to say, oh, I'm so tired all week. I've been working all week. I need to rest. No, Sunday is the day where we give to God and we spend time with God just as much, with just as much effort that we have done in the rest of the world, right, the rest of the week. But now it is the time to spend it with the Lord, right, and to receive this blessing from Him. In what way... Did God rest? Like when the Lord says on the seventh day that he rested, okay? How can we understand what it even means for God to rest? Usually when we use the word rest, for us it means like we are tired because we have been working 
and now it's time to rest. It's time to relax. It's time to like take it easy because we have been working so hard and now it's time for recreation. That's kind of the word rest or time for a nap, right? Like that's in our mind, maybe that's how we use the word rest. But how is it that God rested? Because God does not tire. It is not difficult work for him. The creation was not difficult work, right? He didn't toil. Actually, he created everything by his word. In Psalm 33, verse 9, it says, For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. This is how simple the creation was for God, that all he had to do was speak a word and suddenly everything came to be. He said, let there be light and suddenly there was light. Right? So God is not tiring in the work of the creation. Okay? Um, but in what way can we understand this rest? The real toil, the real work, if you want to call it the work of God, was the work in the redemption. Okay? Because this required God to do something beyond simply creating. This required God to sacrifice. It required him to relinquish his glory. It required him to give up this glory and, 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 and this authority and to subject himself to his own creation. It says he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant in the, in the incarnation. This, you could see, is like the real difficult work. The thing that God did that was truly self-sacrificing of himself, the difficult labor. Therefore, the true rest of God, right, is after the salvation of mankind. This is when he rested because he did the difficult work and then the work was done. On the cross, he said, it is accomplished, right? It is done. The work that I have come to do on the earth is done. The difficult work of salvation is done. And this Sabbath rest is a symbol of the true rest after the redemption, okay? The true rest after the redemption it is a symbol right or or what is the symbol of it is the sabbath day right this sabbath day is the rest so the sabbath of the old testament was just a symbol and god wanted the people to understand the symbol and like many things in the old testament the people did it without really understanding the purpose but it only became clear later on why it was necessary to be done for instance when when god asked the people to offer sacrifices in the old testament well, why are we offering sacrifices? What is the purpose? It was pointing to what? The sacrifice of Christ, whom St. John the Baptist said about him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So just as the blood of lambs in the Old Testament was for the forgiveness of sins, although just symbolically, in the New Testament, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is the true Lamb, who truly takes the sin of the world through the blood that he shed on the cross. Okay? So he wanted the people in the Old Testament to learn the principle so that when it is fulfilled, where, where the, the symbol is accomplished and fulfilled, they would recognize and understand, oh, this is what it meant all along. For instance, the circumcision that was required in the Old Testament to be a child of God, right, to be a member of the assembly of Israel, right, was a symbol. It had no real value, the circumcision in itself. But then when baptism came along in the New Testament, now the Jewish person would understand, oh, this is what it means. This is the importance of baptism and how we understand it. Okay, so the real rest that God obtained was on Sunday. This is why we, we, we specify Sunday 
in the New Testament as the day of rest because it is the day of salvation. It is the day after the Lord did the difficult work of salvation on the cross, and then on Sunday is the resurrection, the day of the Lord. This is where salvation is accomplished, and there is truly rest. And this is the day where in the, the psalmist David, he said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And this is also in the hymns when we say this um, in the liturgy. So the Sabbath in a, in a, is, is, is really like a spiritual day, not to be understood in the literal way. And this is the difference between the Jewish understanding of the Sabbath and the Christian understanding of the Sabbath. The Jewish understanding of the Sabbath is all about like not doing physical work. You know, like Jewish people, for instance, they can't walk a certain distance from their home. They can't press buttons. You know, have you ever seen like in, in certain places where like the elevators on the Sabbath are set to just automatically stop at every floor so that Jewish people don't have to press a button to tell the, the elevator which floor to go to? What is the, Why? Because it's understood literally. Like I cannot do work, physical work. Whereas the message that God was making from the beginning to the Jewish people was to prepare them for the spiritual understanding from the Sabbath and not to be so focused on the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Okay. So when was the Sabbath instituted? Okay. It's actually older, the, the human Sabbath now, like we spoke about like the rest of God and the creation. But when, when did God command people that they need to keep the Sabbath. It's actually also before the Ten Commandments were codified. The Ten Commandments were written in Exodus chapter 20, but the commandment of the Sabbath actually comes in Exodus chapter 16 with the rules of the gathering of the manna. Okay, So the manna was this food, this like bread, that would come from heaven and fall to the ground while the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. And this was their food. They would go out and they would collect this food every single day and they would have enough for just that day. God told them, do not save any manna for the next day because if you try to save it for the next day, it would rot. And this is actually what happened. When people tried to gather more than what was needed for the current day, they would find that the next day it rotted and went bad and they couldn't use it. So God told them, go out every day and collect the manna that you need for that day for you and your family. And they would, okay? But then he said on the Sabbath day, because it is the day of rest, okay, they were not to go out and collect the manna, okay? So how would they eat that day? He told them, gather double the amount the previous day. So on Friday, they would gather double the amount, and they would keep that extra amount overnight until the Sabbath day, and they would eat it on the Sabbath day. And only when they did it that way would it not rot. If they tried to do it any other day, it would rot. If they do it that day... It does not rot. So it sends, uh, it's, it's a few messages that we, uh, he, he, here actually this is, um, yeah, this is where it's written. It's in Exodus 16. It says, then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. So the manna did not come from heaven on the Sabbath day because they were to have already uh, gathered it from the day before and it would not rot. So it teaches us a few things. Number one, he says, 
the blessing of your work will be sufficient so that you do not have to work on the day of the Lord. Right? I will bless the rest of your week. I will bless the rest of your work so that you will not need to work on the Sabbath day because, again, that day is not focusing on the work, but it is focusing on the Lord. Okay? So I will allow you to be able to gather enough so that you do not have to work on that day. Okay? So God is, is blessing, this, blessing this time, the rest of the time. And then he says what? You will not find it in the field on the Sabbath day. Like you can go out, you can look for it, the manna, just like every other day, but you will not find it, right? Almost saying like the effort that you are going to put to try to gather the manna for yourself on the Sabbath day is like futile. It's vain. There is no blessing in it. You will not find it. Almost like saying those who try to work and on the on the Sabbath day, they will not find the blessing. They will be frustrated in their efforts. You might think that you are gathering for yourself and storing up for yourself and, and preparing for yourself, almost investing, right, in a sense. But God is saying, no, actually, you will not. You will fail. You will not find it. And every time you try to store up this manna for more than one day, again, thinking in your mind that you are storing up for yourself and you are securing yourself, he says, no, it will rot. I want you to go out every day and get it for that day. Just as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us today the daily bread, right? And who is it that we are trusting? We are not trusting in the bread. We are not trusting in ourselves because we are clever and we know how to gather bread and we know how to store bread. No, we are trusting in the Lord who grants us the bread every day. So it is an act of faith. We say, God, grant us today the daily bread. Grant us today the bread that we need for today. And tomorrow we trust that you will give us the bread for tomorrow. And so it is saying, I should not be so like stressed and, 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 and afraid that I will not have the bread tomorrow. Because what is the reason that sometimes we want to work extra? Of course, sometimes people need to work because like in order to just survive, okay? But sometimes we want to work extra because we want extra wealth or extra money, maybe thinking because we want to be secure. We want to be secure in our life and our finances and our future. But here God is saying you will not find security in this. If you try to sacrifice the day of the Lord in order to secure for yourself your life, actually you will only find frustration. You will only find um, like, like, like you, 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 you will not be able to be successful like you think. Okay, this is another lesson we learned from this. The seriousness of this command was very clear because there was a punishment for those people who transgressed it, who transgressed the Sabbath. He says in Exodus 31, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. This is an extreme punishment. Can you imagine? This is an extreme punishment. This person didn't kill anyone. He did not lie to anyone. He did not, he did not hurt anyone in any way. He did not blaspheme the name of God. He did not worship other gods. He did not make uh, images, right? He didn't, he didn't blaspheme. But what did he do? He worked on a specific day that he wasn't supposed to work, right? And again, what is the reason that God took this so seriously is because this day 
was the day of the Lord. This was the day of salvation. God, God was sending a message that your life is not consisting of your physical possessions. Your life is not consisting of your hobbies, of your, of your desires, of your activities, of your career, of your money, of anything else. This is not your life. Your life, the core part, the necessary part of your life is the relationship with God. And so if you um, neglect it, then there is a death. Obviously, in the New Testament, you know, if somebody neglects the day of the Lord, they are not smitten by God and killed. Okay? There isn't a physical death that happens. But there is a spiritual death, right? When we forget the day of the Lord and we do not incorporate God into our life, right? There is a spiritual death. There is a spiritual separation from God that happens as a natural consequence of me neglecting the time with him. Okay, and so this is kind of again a symbol. It's a symbolism of that spiritual death that happens when we um, ignore the day of the Lord. This is an example of the punishment. Okay, that happened in the book of Numbers. It says now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day, and those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, The man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. Again, it's very severe, very severe punishment that God had said would be for those who transgress the Sabbath. God did not want the, the spirit of of of. of, of kind of ignoring God, the spirit of, of secularness, where all we focus on is, our, is the worldly things, to enter into the people. He wanted them to identify that this day of the Lord is critical and important. And so he made the, 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 the consequence for transgressing this command very, very severe. God even threatened the whole city of Jerusalem for breaking the Sabbath in Jeremiah 17. He said, but if you will not heed me to hallow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. Again, what was the purpose of this? Right, Because the Jews took this in a very literal way. Oh, I'm not allowed to pick up a stick. I'm not allowed to carry a burden. And so when the Lord came in his incarnation, and he would heal someone on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees would go crazy. Pharisees were like, how can you be doing this work on the Sabbath day? Right? Well, what the Lord told them is, it is good to do good on the Sabbath day. You are serving people on the Sabbath day. You are actually doing the work of the Lord on the Sabbath day. Whereas these people, carrying burdens, carrying sticks, doing whatever, what is the purpose of those things? Financial gain. Maybe this is part of my job. This is something that I need to do. I need to prepare for, for my um, financial well-being. It is part of my work that I want to do. That's why he treated it so severely. Not because somebody picked something up or walked. No, it was because the purpose of why they were doing those things was for a selfish reason. I'm doing it for my own benefit, for my own gain, as opposed to what the Lord was doing on the Sabbath, which was healing people, right? 
And so that, that was how he was justifying that, no, he, I can, it is good to heal people on the Sabbath. You misunderstand. This is what the Lord told him. He said, you misunderstand the Sabbath. You misunderstand the purpose of the Sabbath. It is not about someone just doing an act that is like picking up something or walking. There is a reason why we do these things. So the Sabbath is both spiritual and practical. It's both spiritual and practical. In Exodus 23, it says, Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may rest, and the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed. So in addition to the spiritual understanding of the Sabbath, where it is the day of rest and the day that we spend with the Lord, it's also a necessary day of rest for us as human beings. He's saying the ox and the donkey need a day of rest. You cannot keep pushing them, pushing them, pushing them every day. Okay. Also, the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed, meaning these people will not be working on that day and they have this day of rest. Okay. That was something very important. Nowadays, it's like we're expected to work nonstop every day all the time, right? And people don't maybe have that day of rest in terms of like working because they're always expected to work. In Exodus 23 also, it says, Six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat, in like manner you shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. So every seventh year... All of those who were planting food, they were not to plant anything, right? They would leave the ground to rest. And in that rest, right, whoever it is, um, uh, whoever of, like of the poor people who would come and eat of the food, they would benefit from it, and you wouldn't do this work in order to, um, uh, to, to sow the land, to sow and reap um, in the land. What was the reward for those people who kept the Sabbath day? So in Isaiah 58, it says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and you shall, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This was the reward that God is saying is for those people who keep and hallow the Sabbath day. Okay, If you keep the day honorable, if you honor God in it, if you call the Sabbath day as a delight, if you keep yourself from doing your own pleasure on the Sabbath day, meaning there are certain things I wish to do on the Sabbath day, there are certain things that are like not for God that I wish to do on the Sabbath day, but you keep yourself from them. You make a discipline for yourself. You say, on this day, this day is for the Lord. And the activities that I do are for the Lord. And so I, I will not transgress this commandment. Okay? And I will not find my own pleasure, meaning I will not do the other things that I want to do. Right? Um, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Meaning you will find the Lord. You will experience the grace and the blessing and the peace of God. And, he will, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, like God will glorify us and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. Like God will bless us and give us all these good things because we have been serious in keeping the day of the Lord and in consecrating the day to him and not treating the day just like any other day. What is it that the Lord did on the Sabbath? So as I said, the Jews took the Sabbath literally 
right? They took the Sabbath literally. But the Lord showed them the true intent of the Sabbath, meaning he healed the man born blind on the Sabbath. He healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. It says, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has a one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Right? He's, he's clarifying the, to, to give a spiritual understanding of what the Sabbath is. It's not about physical exertion. Right? It's not about physical exertion. It's the spirit is that we are doing the Lord's work in whatever way that is. Uh, what else did he do? He healed a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. He did that on the Sabbath. He healed a man with a disease called dropsy on the Sabbath. And he justified this healing. He said what? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I, man, I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? What is this point that he's saying? So in the Old Testament, God had said that every male child that was to be born had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Okay, on the eighth day of his birth. And this was, this was for a spiritual reason. That in, in order to be considered among the people of God in the Old Testament, every male child had to be circumcised on the eighth day. So here what the Lord is saying is, what would happen if the eighth day landed on the Sabbath? Would you not circumcise him on the eighth day? Would you wait until the next day? And he said, no, you circumcise on the eighth day. So you are doing a spiritual work something that is good, something that is a commandment of God, you are doing it on the Sabbath. Because doing good on the Sabbath is lawful. That is actually the purpose of the Sabbath, is to do good, right? Whether that good is worshiping, whether that good is service, that is good to be done. So he's saying, if you, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, to follow the law of God that Moses had, had given, all right, by commandment of God, why are you angry with me because I made a man completely well? Like healing healing a man. Why are you angry with me by making a man completely well on the Sabbath? So again, the purpose of the Sabbath was to do good. So what is the spiritual understanding of the Sabbath? Okay, actually, we're, this is a good stopping point because we are out of time. Does anyone have any comments or questions before we conclude? Yes. So in the, er, in, the, in the early church, they decided that the spiritual Sabbath, the spiritual understanding of the Sabbath, is the resurrection, right? Because the Lord did all of his work in the, in the, in the creation and then in the, um, in, on the cross, okay, in the incarnation. And then he had rest, and that rest was on the day of the resurrection, which is a Sunday. So, so the church understood the spiritual sabbath to be the day of sunday and that's why we have our church on sunday and all, all that on sunday yeah yes the jews still practice the sabbath on saturday and there are some denominations of christianity or i mean they consider themselves christians but like for instance the seventh day adventists they um they they practice their day of worship on saturday um 
but uh, but but we we and the early church all considered it to be Sunday, and actually uh, I think later on um, there are some verses that show this. But even in the book of Acts, it speaks about how so in in the because the version of the Bible that we use in the New Testament, the New King James, it's a Protestant translation. So they take the Greek that it was written in, and they translate. Um, to fit the terminology that they are used to or are comfortable with. So, for instance, there's the word liturgy, right? The word liturgy or liturgia shows up in Greek in the book of Acts in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, in the New King James, it's translated ministering to the Lord. So it says that the apostles ministered to the Lord. And what day? It says on the first day of the week, right? The first day of the week is Sunday. So even in the book of Acts, we see that the apostles were praying liturgies on Sunday. Yeah. Seventh-day Adventists. So we consider them to be a cult, actually. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay. Glory be to... Yes. So that's a big topic, for, but there's actually a, um, the question was, like, what are the beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventists and why we consider them to be a cult? Um, they have, they have like, the, the, like f the reason we, w when we, would we consider a group to be a cult versus just another denomination, it's because they have fundamentally different beliefs about, let's say, the, the essence of God. Like, let's say they, they don't believe in the Trinity um, or they believe, for instance, that the Holy Spirit is not God. Um, I have a talk about it com that goes in all the detail, and I can send it to you. Okay. Okay, you can pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing, O God, and we ask, O Lord, that you help us to follow your commandments, to understand them, and to keep them close in our heart, and to understand the spiritual meaning behind them. We ask, O Lord, that you give us a heart that desires to follow you and to obey you in all things. Help us to submit to your commands and to lead a life of repentance. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion, the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.